And that is really where I think customization comes in is when you start to look at, like you just said, fireplaces, you start to look at built-in bookshelves, you look at these things that really kind of become a part of the house, much less than like a furniture piece that you set in somewhere, right? Today, we're talking about the shift from architect to furniture design. Let's see how that worked out, shall we, with Kelly Bishop. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, and I am joined by the soulless ginger. Ooh, Natalie. Natalie. Graf, yes. Natalie and Graf, a.k.a. The Nag. Hey, that Natalie. That is me. That is me. Natalie, we just finished a really beat-busting workout. I know, you made me do it. Tire flipping. Yeah. But- yeah. It's all right. <laughs> How are you feeling after that? Fine. I had my protein. I'm good. Thank you for joining me in my quest to burn little Debbie cakes from my ass. Well, that's now, what that's the official title of my workout quest. Yeah, now that my back is better, I'm I'm able. For high point. What your back was out? Oh, come on. It's been out since Luann Live. <laughs> Nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> Natalie, we have some housekeeping. We do. We have a lot going on. We do, we do. Tis the season. First of all, high point market. Absolutely. I bought the tickets today. Well, our, the plane tickets. I bought our plane tickets today. Nicole Heimer and I will be speaking on the nineteenth. Is it the nineteenth, right? Yes, it is. On the nineteenth at two p.m. at Chandra Rugs in the Showcase Building, right? Showcase. Right. Yes, yes, that is where Chandra is. Right, and we actually have a topic for our our thing. Ooh, you guys did your homework. We did. So Ooh, about time on. you guys got started doing something. I did do my homework, but you've I didn't do lolly, my homework. You've been lollygagging around, you and her. We even have a title. We have every. We have it all fleshed out. Wow. Okay, you guys cannot miss this one. Check out this amazing title. I know you're going to register after I tell you this. Social Media and Your Brand, subtitle, Deconstructing Authenticity and Attracting the Perfect Client. Who doesn't want to go to that? Oh, I have to go. You, <laughs> I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> Spring Market was standing room only, and I have to tell you, I just announced this yesterday, and there's a bajillion people already registered. A bajillion already? Bajillion. Oh, boy. Natalie, are we going to have whiskey there again? I got to talk to Ravi, but yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Listen. We bet. Well, I always have whiskey on me. So you guys need to reserve this date on your calendar for Saturday, the 19th at 2 p.m. at Chandra Rugs, and you can do that RSVP by going to events dot my doma studio.com slash social media you'll see mine and nicole heimer's smiling mugs there and you can just put your little name your little email and save your seat and like i said last time it was standing room only we had poofs and benches what we brought yes, out we last minute <laughs> but this time we're moving it to a little bit of a larger area so we should have butt warmers for everybody I think, right? Butt warmers? <laughs> how, about, how about seats for your butt or uh, something like that? Seats for your butt. Something like that. Hope to see you guys there. Please come up and grab me and say hi and introduce yourself if I haven't met you before. And sometimes even if I have met you before because menopause is a bitch and I have the worst memory. <laughs> yes, but right before we fly out to High Point on Thursday, Darla, aren't you speaking in uh, Broward? Yes. So this is the second bit of housekeeping. If you're in the Broward County, Florida, Miami-Dade County, Florida, or if you just want to get away to Florida and have a nice 
nice little vacation, you can come see me and Natalie at the Risa Edge. It's a uh, local real estate staging industry event hosted by the Risa Broward chapter, where real estate stagers from all over Florida and neighboring states are coming to this event. It's going to be a terrific opportunity to grow your business, become more efficient, and see me speak and be a total goober. And Natalie, will you have the flask there too, Natalie, with the whiskey? <laughs> That's going to be October 16th of this year. And then the next day we fly out to High Point. That's yes, going to be really do. interesting. If you guys can find out more information about that, if you go to com, That's com, And you'll see I'm speaking there. Let's see. I'm speaking there with Adrian Lord, Mike Peterson, some pretty cool names. That's going to be a great event. And of course, there will be libations and parties. Absolutely. There are always is libations and parties with us. I think I put that in my little, like, little speaking. There's going to be libations <laughs> and party this weekend. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. We're going to Key West. Okay. Natalie, let's talk about our show today. Okay. Okay. This was... Kelly. Let's talk about Kelly Bishop. Kelly Bishop. Where did we meet her? We met her in Atlanta. At? The Design Influencers Conference. We met her at the Dick. Yes. Yes. Did. Oh, by think, the way... I think we, like, uh, skipped out of one little talk and went and had margaritas. It was We awesome. did. We did play hooky with her, and we had some drinks. And then we had to go to the hotel. It was like we had to, we had a drink before we went to the airport because we had to fly back out because it was such a last-minute trip. But uh, she is a wonderful woman who we learned a lot about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we picked her brain a little bit about architect, contractors. We found out that she does furniture. She designs her own furniture. So cool. we're going to try to pin that down on why she did that and all that and how she did it how she did it and we might throw in a few other things like voice and marketing and blah 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 yeah let's see let's see how she made that shift from architect to furniture designer i know we have designers and architects listening who probably have that bug and we can pick her brain let's see what she can actually do for us designers so let me tell you a little bit about kelly bishop She is the owner and designer of Steel & Plank. She takes special care to curate a space full of the work of other intentional makers as well as her own. As an architect and partner at Studio BNA Architecture Firm, Kelly brings the firm's ideologies to her handcrafted simple furniture designs you see at Steel & Plank. True to the materials of steel and wood, her furnishings are contemporary with clean lines. And Natalie, I've seen her stuff. It really is nice. Oh, I know It's really gorgeous. Absolutely. So, help me in welcoming Kelly Bishop to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Kelly Bishop. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Well, I am doing fine now that I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah, we met you at the Dick. Natalie and I were telling uh, the audience listening the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. We kind of we had to catch a flight, and I was like, "Hey, we played we got time. Let's go have some margaritas." So we had some margaritas, and we learned a little bit about you, what you are all about. And I'm like, you know what? You need to be on our podcast. Yeah, so interesting. Such a I instantly felt at home with you having our little drinks there playing hooky at the well, dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so fun for me too because I had been listening to your podcasts and you know, I think I saw you guys. I was like, "Oh my gosh, y'all are rock stars." Like, who who are these people? <laughs> Clearly, you did not know us well. Yes, you have not learned to know us very well yet, Kelly. That's sweet of you to say, though. But let's get into you a little bit, because I think you're amazingly fascinating. Not only are you like a legit architect with schooling behind you, but you're also a contractor and now a kick-ass furniture designer. So go dive into that just a little bit and tell us how that how that journey happened, that transition happened. Yeah, how do you how do you juggle all those roles? Because that's that's like three hats, right? Because you there. still do the yeah. architect and the uh, contractor stuff too now, right? 
Well, as needed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I do is, you know, I went into architecture practicing as an intern architect in Atlanta. And I was there probably, you know, about six years is kind of how long it takes you to get your hours under your belt in order to take the exams. And as I was finishing up and getting ready to take my architecture exam, I was basically made, well, I was project architect of the King Plow Art Center in Atlanta and, well, is the later end of it. And I was able to do construction administration on it. And having gone through that, I was so frustrated working with the contractors because they wouldn't take the details that you had spent all this time, you know, you'd figured out the big picture, what you thought this thing would be, and they would just cut corners and kind of do it as simply and, you know, efficiently as they could, and not necessarily taking into account what you're trying to achieve with your design. And I think it was that moment that I was like, I'm going to become a contractor because this is pissing me (laughs) off. I do not want to have put all of this time and energy into creating something for them to just go cut corners and do just the bare minimum to say, oh, no, I did what you designed. Right. Did you catch our our episode with Nicole White? I did. Okay. Now, see, I love that you're saying this because we're still trying to convince Natalie Ann Graff, the solar (laughs) stranger, to become a contractor. Nope. (laughs) Would you convince her to do it? You would, right? Was it worth it? Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I've heard you talk kind of like, oh, you know, there's all of this part that we could be taking in monetarily. But honestly, for me, it's the control. I like having control over the end product. And I like to explain to the, you know, they just didn't get the big picture. They didn't understand that the reason I had this piece of detailing where the sheetrock came down and hit the flooring is because I didn't want to have trim. And they were like, well, why not? Why don't you throw some trim down there? It's like, no, because I'm really slick and contemporary and that's not what I want. (laughs) <laughs> now, did you work with a designer on these projects too, or did you did you play that role as well? Designer, architect, contractor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> okay, so architect turned in general contractor, Natalie Ann Graff, please listen up. I'm yep. listening. Yep. You know, I'll go. I'll go. Anyway, but I digress. You guys, check out the awesome episode with Nicole White, where we do talk about becoming a general contractor and our journey and thinking it through. Do we want to do that? Okay, so you did that. That's a yes. lot of work in and of itself. And then... Now you're a furniture designer. Tell me that had to stem from an artistic background of some sort. You have to realize this is 20 years later. Okay. (laughs) This isn't like it just happened. It flew by, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for years and years, we kind of had this design build firm where we would design and we would actually do the fabrication of a lot of pieces. And what's just kind of happened over time is that I just became more and more interested in the subtle details. And it's kind of, you know, just going back to what I was just talking about, it's just like that super simple detail of where the sheetrock meets the floor. That's kind of where I really get interested is those little things. And I didn't realize it for a long time that that's where my passion was. Although that's kind of what I got fixated on over time. And so When we would do, say, a big commercial project or even a really, you know, high-end residential 
um, home, it was the little details where we would go back to our fabrication shop and say, look, you know, the contractor's like, ah, we can't do that. That doesn't make sense. You, that doesn't work. And we're like, well, we'll build it. You install it. And so it just slowly started to evolve into, I just want to build this nice little piece. <laughs> Tell me about the steps there. So you did you draw it up and have someone else fabricate or you're actually getting there and getting your hands on lathes? And- we fabricated it ourselves. So a little bit of background, <laughs> and it kind of is funny, it came from two directions. One is from my father, which I grew up with a dad that didn't believe in hiring anybody to do anything. Like he felt like, well, I can figure that out. And so it just kind of passed on to me because he was like, no, you go do that. (laughs) You go do that. (laughs) And so I always figured like, well, I can figure that out. I just have to have the tools, right? And so that was one direction that kind of led me down this path. And then the other direction was I went to Auburn University that had the rural studio. And Sambo Mockby was the big, you know, he created this whole system there of rural studio. So basically he was teaching architects how to build. And the idea is that if you know how to build, you can be a better architect. So you can design things because you know how to create it that you wouldn't necessarily know how to do if you couldn't put your two hands, you know, together and do it yourself. As I started my own firm and, you know, coming up with that, typically we try to have that fabrication side of things because if you can figure out how to put it together, you can be way more creative and how you move forward with that. And it can be as simple as understanding how to put two pieces of wood together so that the bookmark or the pattern really works out. You know, it's just subtle details, but just knowing how to do it. Let's dig in just a little bit. Let's say you're a designer or you're an architect listening and you like the idea of being able to offer that to your clients, your service and custom pieces, furnishings you can design that actually would integrate with the aesthetics and in the direction that you're going with, with the whole design space. That sounds really incredible and definitely a selling feature for your firm. But let's say you have Darla skills. <laughs> uh-huh. You're not about to go in there and shave down wood or, you know, bend some things and put some furniture together. How would you suggest that designers or architects get started in designing some custom pieces for their clients' homes? If you're just very beginning and clueless, is that sounds to me like you ramped it up like super quick because you had all those, all those skills. Where does one begin? Well, you know, it's interesting. So right now we work with an interior designer in Atlanta and we've been doing a good bit of restaurants. And so she'll come up with the big picture idea and she might even like design this giant chandelier light fixture, but have no idea how it goes together. And so as we continue to work If I have the same person that I'm working with over time, I can say, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then I think the more that you do it and you're working with someone that knows how to do it, you start to pick up the skills. And maybe you can't go physically build it yourself, but you start to understand the process 
of what it would take to build something like this. And I'm talking like a huge chandelier that's 22 feet wide, (laughs) big commercial piece. You know, we have to educate them as far as, well, it's not just building it, but then you've got to transport it. And then you've got to get a lift up there to hang it. You know, I mean, there's just so many different parts and pieces and doing it. But I think if you can find a fabricator, and this is a hard part because I feel like we're unique in the industry because we understand design and we do fabrication. <laughs> Kelly, so steel and plank is a fabricator as well for designers. Like, can designers come to you and bring designs for their projects if they're not working with you and say, here, this is this amazing chandelier, build it for me, and then be on their way? If it fits within what we're trying to achieve, right? So if it fits our aesthetic, if you're working with natural materials, obviously steel is a big part of our fabrication and natural woods. We don't do like crazy stains. We don't, we're contemporary. It would have to fit into our aesthetic for us to be excited to to try to figure it out for you and help you with that. Okay, so basically... If someone's local, if a yes. local designer, say they're in Miami, Florida, and they have an interior design firm called Darla Powell Interiors. Correct. And I wanted to sketch up some furnishings for a job that we're doing, or if, my, or if Johanna wanted to sketch up something that's custom, your suggestion would be to break into that, would be to find your local fabricator. And you offer that as a service for your design clients, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, my next question, and this is where Natalie really wants to get into, is we're going to talk about... Okay, we've done that. We can offer custom furniture. I know Waddell and Bichetti does this too, by the way. They have a custom sofa line. How are we selling that value to the clients? How are we marketing ourselves to our clients with that being a superpower of our design firm? That not only can we design your house, but here's a custom piece of furniture that we're going to design. We actually did design a dining table that we had a yes, local fabricator for our last project. I, I totally freaking forgot about that. <laughs> How do we insert this into our marketing and sell our value as designers? How do we put ourselves out there that, hey, not only can we design your home and make it beautiful, but let us design a few pieces that go in there as well just to tie it Custom on Custom that nobody else has in furniture design. And then after that, we'll get into maybe some licensing wisdom with you. I think there's a lot of people out there that they want a special piece. They want something. It's almost like buying a piece of art, right? They want a piece that they only have. And I think you have to know your client, like if that is something that they're looking for. Now, one of the great things that we can do is be more semi-custom. And so you're able to say, oh, your room is this specific size. You know, you you need to have this particular size sofa, this particular size table, you know, whatever that is. And it's going to make their room feel much more put together when the sizing is right. I really don't know enough about the custom super custom furnishings (laughs) to know like how to market that as much as what we tend to do and where we're kind of coming from is more of say a commercial side because typically you've got the restaurants that want the farm to table they want a very particular look to their space and they want 
like they're branding, right? They're branding their restaurant. And that's where we can come in probably and do a better job as far as, you know, something that's very unique to their, what they're trying to achieve. Right. And to, to your point, I mean, the commercial end, I mean, there are a lot of designers listening who do a lot of commercial work, and they're probably already familiar with working with some of the local fabricators. But just remembering that custom dining table that we did actually sparked up that we pushed that all over our social media marketing saying this is a dining table we made specifically for our clients, which elevates your brand. Not only are you decorating or designing their space, but you're providing them custom furniture and it's there. It's no one else is going to have this dining room table. It was a live edge in steel. <laughs> right, right up your right up your Kelly alley. Kelly might have made it, could have made it for us. But we also custom build fireplaces. And so we are getting into a little bit more custom. So, so that, you know, I didn't even think about it. And that is really where I think customization comes in is when you start to look at, like you just said, fireplaces, you start to look at built-in bookshelves, you look at these things that really kind of become a part of the house, much less than like a furniture piece that you set in somewhere, right? Hey there, Wingnuts. Do you love doing your own social media, but just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall, hoping they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Natalie and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media Wingnuts will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial.com services or by giving us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com services or 1-877-WINGNUT. Now, back to the show. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, okay, I'm on, I'm on the other end. I'm an interior designer, and not only do I want to draw some pieces for my clients that are unique and give them to my fabricator and have them realize my vision for this space. But now I'm thinking I've been in the business for a while and not me. I'm just, just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> and I want to design some pieces that maybe a showroom or a vendor or maybe would like to offer me a licensing deal. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit and talk about some of the steps there. If you have that information. Yeah. For me, what has happened is as I started building furniture I started making connections with people. You know, I have a showroom here in Athens that people can come into and see the work, but Athens is really small, right? So you want to get outside of that. I need to get to Atlanta. I need to get to High Point. I need to get to places where people can see the work, but I've realized before I can do that, I have to be able to talk about what it is that I'm building and what it is that my furniture brings to people. And so when it's in a showroom, I need to be able to talk about kind of like the experience. So making a connection outside of just that built piece that's sitting there, why this is special. Because I think, you know, going back to what you were just talking about earlier is this custom piece that People really want custom, but they really want connection too. They want to know, like, why do I want that sofa over this sofa? Like, what makes one different than the other? That's a very good point, because if you can tell the story behind your pieces, that's 
terrific for marketing. And it just gives us all the warm fuzzies. So how did you learn to be able to talk about your business and what it's all about? What steps did you have to take there to learn to learn that good stuff? I didn't realize I needed to do that until I went to the Designer Influencers Conference. And I know it really was a big eye-opener for me. It's like listening to everybody talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a brand. I have a name. I have Steel and Plank. But what is Steel and Plank? You know, I get that it's made of natural materials. You know, you can kind of make a guess of what it might be. But it was really like that moment that I realized I've got to figure out what this is and how to brand it so that I can put it in a showroom, so that I can put it or that somebody would come online and want to buy it, you know, because you've got kind of two different people. You've got interior designers that they get it more than just your off the street person that's going to buy retail gets it because they they have a vision that they're already working with but then you've got the retail part of it and if you don't have a story to tell what's to make them buy you versus somebody else and it probably makes the same thing with interior designers i would imagine is like why does somebody come to you versus someone else and i think it's what you always say is the no like and trust right is like we have to be able to tell you know give a personality to what it is that we're doing yeah everybody wants to know the story that's just a human nature and it really it romanticizes it and just makes us feel safe and warm and fuzzy and cozy inside have you reached out do you have any licensing things i want i do want to dig into that because i know there's <laughs> designers listening that's the holy grail yes no i'm not looking at that yet right now what i'm looking at is really just producing it myself because i have the ability to do it obviously if you didn't have a manufacturing ability, then you would need to do licensing and you would need to make that connection. But because I can build it all, I think for me, it's going to be more of what I'm working at right now is I've got a couple of showrooms over in Atlanta that will be selling my, my furnishings there. So then, you know, I'm starting to get it out into the world. She's her own license. Yeah, you skipped the middleman. She did. She just yes. did all of it herself. She's like, screw that. So you're way too advanced for the licensing topic. Yes, way too advanced. <laughs> she just made her own license. This is Steel and Plank license. <laughs> Voila. So maybe we should talk to Kelly about would she possibly eventually be open if some designer came to her and said, hey, listen, I've really been thinking about this piece. I'd really, uh, maybe she could actually offer the licensing deal. Ooh, that's a plot plot twist. Plot twist. I'm going to take this and kind of tell you a little bit more about what I have going on because that kind of works actually in what I'm doing in a weird sort of way. So I have a showroom here in Athens. Obviously, the reason I did it is to have furniture and to showcase the furniture that I'm making. But obviously, I can't just put furniture here because that's boring. So I have to show the whole picture, right? So I've got textiles, I've got art, I've got a lot of home accessories, you know, that anybody can come in and get as well. But I didn't make those. I'm just curating it, right? 
And so that becomes part of, and actually this is what I've been talking to Jason Pyers of Furniture Branding. He's the one that's kind of been helping me figure out what my brand is. And he basically said, okay, you've got to separate this out. And it's kind of like what you guys did, right? With the Wingnut Social and with Darla Powell Interiors is that they're really two businesses, but they complement each other. And so he was like, you know, for me, I really need to separate out steel and plank, just the furniture from the lifestyle stuff that I'm offering, which is all of the other, you know, accessories, whether it's lighting or, you know, rugs or all of those other things. And so right now I have a bunch of those things in my shop and I've been working with people. For example, I've got rugs a rug manufacturer that I'm working with to have specifically steel and plank designed rugs, right? So it's an exactly what you're talking about. It's like, you know, I could have a licensing for somebody that's interested. Like if they look at my website and they see the aesthetic fits with what they've been trying to do, but they didn't have a place to make it. Well, yeah, we could make it. We're going to make wing nuts. We're going to make wing nuts for um, table accessories. Steel. Steel wing nuts. Steel wing nuts. Steel and plank wing nuts. Listen, I see a Darla Powell Interiors inspired line at steel and plank. Right? I see this in our future. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ellen Danik, take a drink. Here she goes. (laughs) Darla, I think talking to Kelly here has like sent off a lot of light bulbs in that, that brain of yours. It has. And like I said, we had been touching on some custom, but not so overly purposeful to have that, you know, on the website. I think this gives designers and and architects, contractors a lot to think about that it's actually, it's obtainable and it's doable. And Kelly, thank you so much. Of course, you have to be talented. Yeah, you have to be talented like like Kelly. Kelly. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you you for taking the time to to join us today and giving us that information. And I think we might want to follow up on your journey and and how it goes and see if you uh, have any other tidbits later on. Oh, I love that idea. There you go. Yes. Oh, listen, she loves that idea. Uh oh, this do. is scary. Well, you Uh-oh. Know, I can get <laughs> is it too early to drink Miami stuff? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not quite noon. Um, give it 20 more minutes. <laughs> All right, 20 more minutes. Sorry. But the audience doesn't know that. They're not listening in real time. All right, Kelly Bishop, now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. I'm ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> I love the apprehension in everybody's voice for the <laughs> Kelly Bishop, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Oh, that's pretty easy for me. I would definitely be a live oak. I'm from the South. I just love the strength and beauty of those ginormous trees. Good choice. Yes. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, (laughs) Hello, have you met us? (laughs) Oh, I think probably like a life well lived or something. I want to, you know, I would want it to make, I don't know. Want it to be like one of those inspirational pieces of art you see in? (laughs) Yeah, something corny like that. I don't know. That's very nice. (laughs) If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? Oh, so this one's fun. I would totally have the Samantha from Bewitched superpower where I could snap my finger and my house would be clean and I would have food on the table and my laundry would be done. 
I love that one. I think that probably is the best one, right? Because you could do whatever. <laughs> whatever. You could just snap my finger and be done. I love that. And you have to do your nose. Like, oh, right. The nose. <laughs> oh. All right, Kelly, last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. Oh, that is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And that one I have read so many times. And like, as I'm thinking about it, I want to read it again. I just refresh my recollection. I think I read that in high school. What, what's that? Who, who is the author? You have to of that? read it again. That's Robert Persig. He died like two years ago, I want to say. He only wrote two books ever in his whole life. But this one is amazing because he talks about basically he's restoring a motorcycle and he's driving cross country with it. And it's all about the journey, right? Of it's not where you get to, but it's like your journey across the way. But it's also about the beauty of the parts and pieces that come together to create this motorcycle. And so I just think it just, no matter where you are in life and what you do, it's just, it's a beautiful. That sounds right up my alley. Natalie's, Natalie's rolling her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie. She she doesn't like Zen or, yeah. It's not what you think. (laughs) She hates woo-woo. It is not at all. You need to listen to it. It's all... Like, so I rebuilt an MG midget with my dad. Of course you did. (laughs) Of course I did. What else would I do? So skilled. I think part of the Zen part, right, is that you get into this crazy space where you're trying to figure out the parts and pieces to go together to make this machine work. But that's enjoyable in a way. Like putting together a puzzle. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us, Crazy Ladies, on the Wingnut Social Podcast. Please tell the listeners where they can uh, find your beautiful work. Oh, yes. Um, Steelandplank.com. There's a website there. And then, of course, we're on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook. And that's all at Steel and Plank. All right. Awesome sauce. Thanks again. We can't wait to see it at High Point and have that uh, whiskey. I know. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Callie. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Natalie Ann Graff, how are we going to celebrate my new line with Steel and Plank? Well, I'm sure Ellen Danick is probably already drunk now. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say about my friend Ellen Danick? I'm trying to say that she takes a drink every time you're going to do something. And as much as you said you were going to do something today, she's probably plastered. Listen, Kelly is a lovely woman, and I'm very happy we met her. And she's going to stay with us at High Point. We I know. Just I arranged so, that. Yes, absolutely. Kelly, Kelly's vision, I was impressed when I met Kelly. I was and, too. And I was she's like, one you of know us. what? I was like, we can be friends. We could. And uh, I, I think we her, are. her daughters play soccer. And yes, yeah, so we're good. So it's all good. But no, I think that she's definitely an inspiration for anybody that's thinking about transitioning into branching out and designing furniture. Any yeah, designer. For sure. And you know what? I bet you if you had any questions, you could shoot her an email and she'd get back to you with an answer. You know, she is that kind of girl. She absolutely would be very helpful. Natalie, I wanted to point something out, too, that Kelly Bishop is from the dick, the gift that keeps on giving. And I wanted to remind our listeners that Adam Japko, who is the head Grand High Poobah of all things Design Influencers Conference, did say on the air that we would be invited to speak at the next... And how's that going for you, Darla? I sent my application. No pressure. No pressure, Adam. But we do have recorded evidence. evidence. Yep. 
Okay, guys, don't forget to come see us at High Point on October 19th at 2 p.m. at Chandra Rugs, sponsored by Chandra Rugs and My Doma Studio. Nicole Heimer and I will be there, and we will be our silly selves, but we are going to be imparting you a buttload of information. And if you are in Florida, if you're in Broward County, Miami County, or you just feel like schlepping on down on October 16th, come out to the RISA conference. And again, that website is going to be risaedgebroward.forstagers.com. And come check us out. And you can see me being a nervous wreck on stage talking I don't know what yet. <laughs> While I sit in the crowd and sip whiskey. Yeah, it must be nice. All right, guys, if you like what you hear, please hit up that subscribe button on whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you are in need of having someone help you with your marketing for your interior design firm, hit up wingnutsocial.com slash services, and we will be more than happy to help you out. And you don't have to be an interior designer for us to help you. You can be an architect, a contract. You can be anybody. Can you be a stripper? Um, sure. All right. If you need help with your stripper marketing, hit us up. You need a new poll. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Wingnutsocial.com slash services. And that's it for this week, right now? Yep. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Mic check, mic check, one, two, three. One, two, three, mic check. It's my papa, kitty. Silly cells, but we're going to be... Yeah. Good boy, Mango.